art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Russ. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. This is another episode of the New Release Wall, and so this is Russ and Zach. Hello. And uh, today we are talking about Terry Gilliam's film, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, which uh, if you if you are... <laughs> Cued into this kind of thing, uh, yeah. you know, has been in production, basically. Years. Yeah, so I think I think technically, like the the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. technically it's even longer than that. Like the 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 thing came up, the crawl came up up at the beginning that said, uh, and now after 25 years yeah. of it, there are 25 years in the making and unmaking and making. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think the I think the disaster happened in 2000 or something yes, like that. Didn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah there, or, or I think 2001 or two. But yeah. yeah, there was a there's a documentary out there. I think it's actually kind of hard to find now because you know things like that. Yeah. But uh, it's called uh, the the uh, the Man of La Mancha, and it uh, centers on the version of this movie that was supposed to happen with Johnny Depp and John Hurd. Yeah. And. Uh, <coughs> <coughs> And the way that that film spectacularly collapsed mid-production because of funding problems, and then basically, Hurricanes, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Standard Terry Gilliam problems as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the movie almost happened back then, and then has not. It, it's been a thing that Gilliam has always been trying to make since. Yeah. Although obviously he has made like seven between then and now it's not yeah. like this has been yeah his... but the the film was if i remember correctly the film was originally owned by the insurance company for a yeah. while yeah um like what had been filmed i'm pretty then... sure that the documentary and again this might be hearsay yeah. but i'm pretty sure that the, the documentary was intended to make <laughs> enough money that he could yeah, buy yeah. it back <laughs> from whoever owned it after it collapsed yeah. and i'm and i'm curious and like we were talking about whether or not um, whether or not the script is wholly original yeah. or because, I mean, I don't think that we knew much about what the original one was. I mean, yeah. also John Hurt passed away. Yes, he yeah, did. Yeah. That's so, why the, yeah. uh, the movie is dedicated to him. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. remember who the other person is, but there's another person who I presume also probably <laughs> passed away in the 25 years this movie took to make. Yeah. Um, so what did, what did you think anyway? <clears throat> it, I mean, one of the, like... Like, if I, uh, look at, and I'm a, a huge Terry Gillum fan and give him a lot of leeway on, on things, I mean, one of my top, probably top 100 films is, is Tideland, which I don't think that there's a person out there, a reviewer out there that liked that film. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, mind you, I haven't seen it in, like, a decade, so, or since it came out, but like, eh, not since it came out, like, but, um, but, uh, it, uh, it was it was like like it, it had a feeling of like someone trying to do Terry Gillum um, a bit like I, and I don't know like there's certain things that there, there's a short documentary yeah um, that really like weighed over on the, the hair and makeup for some reason yeah but yeah but anyway that's beside the point but like they taught you know like they have very short clips of, of Terry going yeah we had one day to shoot that yeah and so what it felt like is it felt like it like 
the ultimate low budget Terry Gillum film. Yeah. Like everything was on everything. Not, I mean, it didn't look like it was on the cheap at all. No. Like it's Terry Gillum, but you could tell that the obsessive character, you know, yeah. obsessiveness of Terry Gillum didn't didn't either didn't have time. Like there's shots that are shaky, mm-hmm. like pans that like end with a shake. Things yeah. like. He would have never fucking allowed. Like, yeah. you didn't see that. You didn't see that in Brazil. You didn't even see that in Thailand. You didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's a lot of weaknesses. Like, this almost feels like a near finished cut. Yeah. Um, and not, and that's just like the editing's all there and everything like that. But like, just the shot choices seem sometimes a little weird. I and, also, like, yeah. and, and you might disagree with this, but I also think that uh, because of his specific look and the kind of, yeah. I mean, gritty is a bad word now, but like literally gritty like grainy yeah. analog look that that most of the best Terry Gilliam work has yeah. I feel like in the post 9-11 like the digital age yeah. his movies all look a little bit off to begin with yeah. because to me like seeing him shooting on digital doesn't feel right yeah. and I thought that a lot of the time in the first third of this movie and I, it, it may have been part partially by design because obviously the main character starts out in a very uh artificial, sterile, clean world, and then kind of gets plunged into chaos throughout the movie. Yeah. And so, uh, I would be interested to know whether some of the shots that I thought looked not quite Terry Gilliam enough, if if that was intentional, like, if it was meant to be, that it was, like, but... And and mind you, before, like, this is going to be one of those, for me at least, that I, like, I rip into it a lot. Um, Even though I will rewatch this, I'll probably buy the DVD. Yeah. Um... I I think that I it's not a film I'd necessarily say you gotta see it in theaters. In fact, it probably might be better like if it was on a smaller screen. It, it, I, to be I, honest with you, it might be borderline impossible to see in theaters if you're in a place no, yeah, like Syracuse. Well, exactly. Because, we saw it on a Phantom Phantom you know, events, events, Phantom yeah. events screening. So I'm doubtful that it's <coughs> here, and it was one of those one night only things. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but on a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but. Um, a lot of it felt lazy and and like and that just the like the one of the big things that really bothered me I mean this guy when you have like when you have people like Michael Bay you when you have yeah. like directors that don't know what real film is like that right. basically like went to uh, I don't know what like he sh- so the uh the the main character there's a direct uh, the director within the film mm-hmm. um he they're cutting back to him shooting a, a student film or whatever kind of whatever it is yeah. um and they're shooting it on a bolex and it has sound and it has and it's just a flat black and white without it's not 16 millimeter mm-hmm. it's not like it just <coughs> there's so many things that like i know that terry gillum shot on 16 millimeter film because he shot on 16 millimeter film yeah. like I know so many things like this is the, like the Bolex he probably had he probably shot the Monty Python animations yeah. on like things things like that so it's just like I don't know what the excuses are for things like that like because obviously like see this I, film really needs like one thing that you know you're talking about the digital thing and it just it like for some reason like I, I understand why Gillum's shooting on you know, shooting on digital is probably a, a massive thing. It's yeah. just like John Sales, you know, transferring to digital. Yeah. It hurts the soul a little bit, but because you watch, you know, um, anything past um, uh, Men with Guns, yeah. 
with guns, was it uh, something, or what, not Mad with Guns? I was thinking Casadella's Babies was the last John Sayles movie. Yeah. It really looked like a John Sayles movie. Yeah, um, but you look at those, and then you look at the <laughs> more modern stuff, and it's like, oh, actually kind of like sometimes the film probably was the good restriction. Um, <laughs> like, because now it, like, you know, it just doesn't have, like, the richness and feel. Yeah. Um, and that's something that, like, I feel like he since due to the fact that almost every single Gillum production especially in the last 20 years has been some level of like pure independent film shooting yeah financial disaster things like that yeah things go wrong um yeah I mean this one even after yeah. 25 years of, <laughs> yeah. of chaos he, they wrapped shooting and shortly before they made their like festival yeah. premiere somebody tried to sue to take ownership yeah. because they had some kind of lean against the previous yeah, version yeah yeah and yeah. it was just like there was a I mean it was never really going to happen that this movie wasn't going to see the light of day yeah. it just might have been that you it wouldn't see the light of the of the light of day under Gilliam's auspices yeah. but it was one of those like are you fucking kidding me this is still happening yeah, yeah. but it's just it, it's things like <clears throat> what a lot of his films at the end of the day need is that final overlay that I don't think that film like Brazil didn't need. Right. Like Brazil doesn't need. You didn't need to go through and do, do a color correction and a, and a whole thing like that. Which this film like really really felt like it needed the. Because uh, I'm starting to look at it. And it's just like, you know, it's like it's like a oh brother where out thou feel to some of this. Yeah. Uh, some of it and it's just like it needed that, colorization and things like that. Yeah, like yeah. that a film that any commercial any film would have nowadays. Yeah. That I don't know what, Gillum's, like pullback on that is um because it's not like you can't possibly know that no one would be like dude we we need to add some things because like right. there's you know obviously it's it's, guilty, uh, it's you know flashbacks between reality yeah. and dreams and that sort of thing and like usually in his he does that a lot in films yeah he does, you know i mean again think back to brazil this this film had a lot of like the the uh um uh the the night that he fights reminded me so much of the yeah. Um, the creature. Yeah, the, I forget what it was in Brazil. I forget the, that. The winged. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the the great scene. It, it just with the CDs and the, yeah. the, the reflections, and lighting, and the way that they did it. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of feeling of that. And like that had emotional lighting and it had a whole thing. And because he had a full production and he was shooting a yeah. film and and this like didn't because they're shooting probably you know they're obviously shooting on digital and shoot, yeah. whatever and they they don't have probably you know I don't know what. Uh, the time to really spend with it and the sets and obviously they're not shooting on sets Um, so yeah I mean I think like I think that there's you probably could just go through like it'd be interesting if I had these sort of talents to like go through and just be like color like yeah, yeah. get a color a color person and just like, like yeah i always like through this i've always seen like <laughs> the there, DVD was a, or something. <laughs> there were some people and again this goes into the whole the whole zack snyder thing that i'm not yeah gonna, but like there was somebody who went through and like color corrected scenes yeah. from man of steel and bvs to make superman look more like traditional yeah, superman. I remember that, yeah, yeah. and I'll, like it was one of those things where i'm like oh just knock it off with the passive aggressive bitching of it but like on a technical level i'm like super impressed that you're like doing that you don't have a real master you got yeah. the fucking blu-ray you know well, who is it um oh my god the guy from uh that one uh god uh i can remember he's uh patrick uh, Holmes or oh, uh, uh, oh, yeah. no the guy that played venom in spider-man 3 toby or toby yeah um that guy um topher grace topher grace and he he actually he learned to edit by actually editing the first the prequels yeah. into and i just think about like that sort of thing but anyway that i mean that's 
way beside the point, um, even though I desperately want to see that version. I know. I, I don't understand how it's never been released, but I, well, I do understand. Yeah. Did, you, yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it is, it's just, there's like a heart and soul that's missing from this film, and you can, the actors are there, like the script is there as much as yeah. whatever, like I'm not in, overly impressed by it. Um, but on the other hand, I think about, you know, a lot of, the, because it's so absurd, like, yeah. it's hard to be like, well, the, Brazil, the script of Brazil is yeah. fantastic. It's like, no, it's completely fucking absurd. Um, I mean, I, I will say, I think I liked it more than you did. Um, yeah. I, I, part of it is that, like, as much as I was watching the movie and going and making the little mental, like, tick boxes of things that didn't quite click, a lot of it is the, like the nature of this narrative and the dreamlike blah 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 it's like you know and especially because Gilliam is is this kind of filmmaker it's like I have no goddamn idea moment to moment whether something is a mistake or a creative choice like barring <laughs> barring a director's commentary it would be basic like things like the Bolex thing it's like is that supposed to be just part of the dreamlike quality of the blah 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 you know what I mean yeah and uh so it's one of those things that I'm like I, I have a little bit more, and again, part of it is I have less technical knowledge than you do. Part of it is just. It's, the, but it's just one of the. It's one of those things though that, like, I get that you're supposed to be a student filmmaker, and it's like that the Bolex yeah, yells. But it, the problem is, is, it doesn't yell. This is like one of those, one of those like he need, maybe there's somebody that needs to be in the room that going, yeah. hey, um, so they haven't used Bolexes in film schools and. In since like 2001. Yeah. Um. You know. I mean. Maybe they. Maybe they have in some school. I don't know. Like SUNY Purchase was using them up to think. But like he would have shot that on digital it, because yeah. it was only 10 years ago. Like there's just certain things where. It's Which just of like, course is probably just a screenplay thing from when they wrote a 20. Yeah. It's just. It's just one of those. It's just. Like <coughs> I don't. I don't remember seeing any of those mm-hmm. type of things happening. Yeah. In. Gillum films ever before. Yeah. And and again, I preface like it's just like I'm I'm criticizing this film so much because I whole I love uh, put Gillum's films at such a high level. Yeah. yeah. Like you know it's like watching it's like watching that one Fellini film or something like yeah. that that you don't really like and you can criticize you criticize it a lot yeah. because it's not it doesn't you know it feels like and knowing everything that you know about like Gillum's films every time they they yeah. come out it's like wait, is there going to be, like, a Gillum cut? Like, yeah, are we yeah. going to have a Criterion version And, and of I will and say, like... too, that, like, that's that's a thing you know? with this movie in particular that, like, uh, I, I remember thinking, there's just no way that this movie will ever be what the audience wants it to be, really. Because even if it was good, I mean, I, I think it was good. It's definitely not great. But, like, even if it was a terrific movie yeah. bordering on great... Like, it would have to be a fucking masterpiece to live up to yeah. 25 years of everybody mythologizing yeah. it. You know, it's kind of like... And, and, and I mean, one of the problems, like, I usually don't get off in these things, but, I mean, like, there there's, like, a whole generation of critics who just fucking hate his guts. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, and understandably. Yeah. And don't like don't like the way he makes films and, they, and like, I, I haven't... I purposely haven't read any reviews. I've had a bunch of... There's been yeah. a bunch of, like, tweets that I've seen the, of fi- people, film people that I respect... Yeah, yeah saying this is not good um and like again again like i if you're a gillum fan like you'll i think i think that you'll have mixed feelings about this yeah. film like it'll be in the maybe in the brothers grim kind of, yeah. world of categories i think it's, little... i think it's better than the brothers grim but yeah i mean 
it, this feels to me a little bit more like Parnassus. Yeah. Where like it, there's there's bits of it that really work and there's bits of yeah. it that really don't and they're kind of Frankenstein together. I mean, I'm gonna have to rewatch Parnassus on this because there's a lot of obviously character-wise, if you watch, you right. know, think about Quixote and you think about you know Old Man and Matt, yeah. you know whatever. There's there's some parallels and there's that weird truck thing that yeah. they had that re, that to me kind of feels like reminiscent of that. Um, and and so I. Uh, I have to rewatch it because I mean I remember, and and again I was more of a, more even more of a Gillum, yeah, like yeah. not like I would list him of I I don't think I list him as my favorite director anymore I would definitely list him as my like top five, yeah. Um, but like back when that film came out I fucking loved that film yeah, and I like yeah. defended it like with <laughs> like Guillotte defenses you know <laughs> but um yeah and I and I, I'm also curious on whether or not. I, I'm, you know, it's like, I think I'm like most people, like, I, I'm familiar with Don Quixote. Yeah. Like, but I'm not, like, I haven't read the book. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I read the book. book <laughs> I read the book about five, five, six years ago, and I can't remember what precipitated it. It was like, there was something really specific. Like, it may have actually been some previous version of this movie. <laughs> like, there was something that was like, referencing Quixote and I just I wanted to know yeah kind of what I was talking about as I was discussing whatever that thing was and yeah. now it's killing me that there's a fantastic audio book I forget who reads it but yeah? I think it Mary maybe Jeremy Irons or something oh, like that like nice. it's perfect but anyway like I used to I, yeah, I yeah. got like two tapes in and I just I don't really listen to fiction that much so <laughs> also but, also if it's an un, if it's an unabridged audiobook oh, it's yeah. like 17 hours long oh yeah 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 um because yeah. it's a long book yeah uh I will say, just like nuts and boltsy stuff. Uh, I thought that um, Joanna Riviero or whatever her name is, who played, uh, I can't remember what her real name was, Dulcinea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the you know the actress from Dulcinea from yeah. ten years ago who blah blah blah. blah. Uh, I liked her a lot. I thought that she did a really good job embodying the character, and I think that that was probably the hardest part in the movie to play because they had to play a version of her where she was like everybody had to play a version from 10 years ago where they were a little bit younger and more innocent but like with her she's 24 or 25 in the present day and so the version of her from back then i think the braces helped a lot yeah the braces certainly helped but and then that was that was a a situation hair and makeup helped a lot like the bangs i think oh yeah yeah you know but but i liked her a lot i thought that she's great and i i I wasn't crazy about um, Kylo Ren. Yeah. Um, Adam Driver. Yeah. And I'm never crazy about him. I think he's fine. Yeah. But, like, it's funny because there's a scene at the beginning of the movie, and it's, the, I think, the first or second flashback to yeah. the uh, to the original shoot. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to encourage, because he, he decided, rather than using actors, to use, like, villagers for all the parts in yeah. the student yeah. film... And so he's trying to encourage the guy who he got to be Quixote to be suitably aggressive. Yeah. And he's like hitting things with his little sword and he's throwing a temper tantrum and I'm like, it just, it looks like Kylo Ren. Yeah. Like I can't help it. <laughs> it's, that's, I mean, that's, I think that, that he, it's, it's, I, I'm trying to remember what the, uh, the, the, the heist film. Uh, <laughs> I remember that it exists. With like, Daniel yeah, Craig and, yeah. and somebody, which was very good. Um, it's just, uh, one of the, again, one of the problems is like, it's fucking weird. It's like, you can't get past 
him being him. Yeah. Um, and being like Kylo Ren, which is I, think well, a problem. He, I mean, that's a Mark Hamill problem too. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, I still, you know, <coughs> obviously he's kind of fully embraced it and yeah. plays, you know, for the most part those characters. But like, yeah. there's like one or two films in the in the yeah. 80s or you know whatever you watch and you're like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> um, um, but yeah, yeah I, mean, it, I mean, I thought I think he was he was fine. Mm. I, I don't think like I'm not I'm not gonna say this movie would have been better with another lead actor because I can't think of who I would have put in that role. I, I actually I mean it's 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 I'm very happy that uh, he replaced Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, obviously. Um, especially present day Johnny Depp would have been a complete fucking oh disaster. Oh my god, it would have been um, it would have been nonstop uh, Hunter Thompson slash yeah. Captain Jack, oh, yeah, and it would have yeah. been yeah. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Also, it would have been even creepier for him to have the scene where he kisses the 15-year-old. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I, I, that's that's one of the most helpful things is that they actually finally cast a, like, a young-looking young person. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like the fact that Adam Driver to... looks to be about 20, I, mean, I think yeah, he's yeah. like 32 or something. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but the fact that he looks 23. Generically. Yeah, he's, well, the thin and the really bad facial hair, it makes him yeah. look young. Yeah. And so, and, and so it, it helped like that that the you know when you're having this thing where it's like oh the the 15 year old has a crush on you and it's kind of sort of reciprocated because she's the dream girl from your movie that you know blah blah blah, blah. um it's also a director thing so like yeah. it also to me it just reads like that was just just such a like oh yeah directors yeah they, yeah um not i'm not excusing it i'm just no, saying no, no, like just... to me it was like within the film <laughs> like i would have read i read that as yeah as a well, of course he does because yeah. he's a stereotypical young direct auteur director or whatever yeah. thing. Yeah, and that's, that's well, and the I mean, uh, that's it's, the thing he's playing. It's it's literally it's baked in because even though the relationship that he has with her is pretty chaste, like as as the, know, the yeah, implication yeah. that there's impropriety going on yeah. pervades that relationship because like from the very first moment, like the whole thing is they're looking at a bunch of headshots and going like, no, it's not going to work, it's not going to work, it's not going to work, and like he he's like talking about how she needs to be a goddess she needs to strike you from across the room yeah, you yeah. fall immediately in love and then like he sees this 15 year old yeah. waitress and like gets up to offer her the job on the spot yeah and everybody's like no 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 that's raul's daughter and yeah. and he's just like oh no it'll be fine we're not gonna do anything and you know uh so like there's that i i will say in terms of that relationship i liked the way that it evolved um i think that a lot of the like Hollywood tropes that kind of rob her of a little bit of her agency. Yeah. You can kind of, uh, you can kind of see past in this movie because it is like a mm-hmm. weird heightened reality. Yeah. And it's like a, a meta commentary on those tropes as much as it is anything else. Yeah. But uh, I will say that it it's a Terry Gilliam movie with the ending. Like it's an ending where you sit there and go, I like it for the screenplay. I it was emotionally unsatisfying. Yeah. Uh, and and so it it vaguely felt, um, you know, uh, like I don't know, like it's just fucking with us to yeah. some level, like. And I mean, it, it's it's justified in story because you can see them building to it, but it yeah, is that, I mean, like, but it's uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, I can't, I can't really criticize it anymore without spoilers. Yeah, and that's kind of that. And that's the, the problem. Yeah, I mean. And that's, you know, and especially, like, we don't really want to spoil a movie that, like, 
it, it out. came out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not coming out. It came out. It's coming. We may be the only people who saw. Yeah, exactly. Along with twelve people who normally are at the Manlius. Yeah. Cinema, yeah. Art cinema, out art house cinema. That was the um, oldest oh my. and whitest <laughs> audience I've ever seen at the movie tavern. But I, noticed by the fact that they applauded at the end, and then again yeah. after the uh, extras. After the bonus features. Yeah. yeah. And uh, continually had problem with the uh, 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 the waiters. No, oh um, God, but yes. I don't know what was going on. But anyway, <laughs> and that, it should be said just because it was a it, we had this as a running gag. Yeah. That after you know 25 years of delays and clusterfucks and everything, we got there and they they had a problem with the projector. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, I I, they... I I think it was a problem with the projector because I overheard two of the waiters, and and like. One of the 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 young the one young woman who was like two rows above us yeah. was like, I don't know. I hope not. I think it's gonna work. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So this really is like it, it's not just that there's no trailers. It's yeah. which makes sense because there's there's never no trailers on the Fathom events thing because Fathom yeah. self promotes yeah. aggressively. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, they 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 started what should have been the trailer reel, and nothing came up, and we watched. A black screen with like audio hiss yeah. for about four minutes, and then they turned it off and turned the lights back yeah. up, and we're all just sitting there <laughs> like, "Is this like a performance and, film and thing?" Is this what I, what I love of... too is that all the waiters disappeared. Okay. Like they all just were not there yeah. because clearly word had gotten, "Oh shit, somebody's gonna have to break yeah. the news or whatever." And then the movie starts, and they don't turn the lights off. Yeah, because there were and no literally there. people are like, "Lights!" and yeah. Then they dimmed them a little bit, and then, like, another minute went by, and they turned them down to the yeah. level that it should have been, and it was like, I fucking get it. It was just one, like, oh. it, to be honest with you. It was it, almost perfect. It is, it is, <laughs> and, and again, I, I enjoyed the movie, but I do think that the movie itself is way less interesting than the story of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, I remember watching Man of La Mancha back in, you know, when I was working at Emerald City, yeah. and really like being fascinated by it because it's like it's this thing of like it's not just the train wreck story but like the fact that it's a train wreck story that should not have happened because it's like no matter what else is going on the fact that you have johnny depp and john hearn and and terry gilliam it's like 2000 yeah exactly at a time when all of those names were really marketable it's like yeah that shouldn't like none of that should have happened like they should have been able to find a way to salvage the thing and so like then you add another 20 years to it before it finally comes out and like John Hurd passed away and they got rid of Depp and blah 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 it's like and then Terry Gillum is and I'm pretty sure Adam Driver was like the third guy after Depp who they had because because production the production start kept getting pushed and so he kept getting these big name in demand actors and then like they can't wait around oh yeah I forgot also I forgot that uh um what's the uh, Parnassius uh Heath Ledger had the fucking, I mean, Heath Ledger uh, died in the middle of it, and then yeah. had to have. I, I co- actually completely forgot that 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 was a thing too, and he had a rewrite. And but yeah, well, that was because yeah. they they did Which the I thing where that, I thought that worked. They, really. Oh, I thought it worked fine. <laughs> yeah, I, they replaced. Was it Depp or Damon? It was Depp, right? Who had to play the the other it was, version uh, of him? Colin Firth and. Oh, that's um, right. That's right. I don't know if it was and Depp. I, I thought it was somebody it, I, else. I think it was either Depp or Damon, because it was somebody who I remember being like Terry, a Terry Gilliam regular. Yeah. Uh, shows how long it's been since I watched that movie. Yeah. Um, I think it's Depp, but I'm not positive. Anyway, it's a, yeah. But yeah, I'm just curious now. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, this is like again, the fact that 
the fact that uh, the Imaginarium Dr. Parnassus happened in the middle yeah. of the wait for this, yeah. and you're like, no, this is just like, this guy can't get a fucking break. Um, it's just, like, insanity. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would suggest watching it if you have any interest, like, especially if you are a... Um, a Gilliam fan. I think yeah. certainly, if nothing else, like you're gonna want to have seen it for the artifact of it. Yeah. But uh, it's it's one of those movies that is kind of less than the sum of its parts. Like everything about it is, you know, what it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't. But I, <clears throat> oh, it's Johnny Depp. Yeah. And Jude Law. Jude Law. That's Wait, why did I, I think Colin Firth? That's okay. You said Colin Firth. Or not Colin Firth. Farrell. Um, Farrell is what. Yeah. I mean. yeah. You yeah. you said that's the, that's the funny thing is you said Firth. I thought Farrell. Oh and, no. Oh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. So there are there are three of them. And then, um, yeah, Jude Law is two, and Johnny Depp is Imaginarium Tony one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot there was three. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's still somehow you're like, oh, I'm gonna bring in three of the biggest names in Hollywood, yeah. even at that point, and still. Well, and I, I, I think honestly, <laughs> if I remember correctly, I feel like each of them shot for like a week. Oh yeah. And no, so it was one of those like things tw- where it's it, like three minutes yeah, or five minutes yeah. in each thing, and even then, like, yeah. I'm sure they could have used doubles, but, um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't. I, I, of course, go see. It. I mean, yeah, I mean, for if me, you get a chance to go see it, I guess go see it in theaters. Um, I don't think it's a man like most. No. Most um, uh, films by Gillum, I would be like, yeah. you have to see yeah. in theaters. Not only because fucking goddamn support his films yeah. in theaters, but um, but also um, just in general, like you know, like Brazil is a big yeah. film. I think you should see. You know, yeah, yeah. Even Tideland has its you know things and. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's really only a couple of scenes in this movie that feel epic, and I don't yeah. think that they would be any less kind of sweeping on a 40-inch screen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's like a B, B minus kind of movie. Like, I certainly enjoyed myself. I don't regret having like taken a half day off of work to <laughs> jump out and go and go watch this. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it. it and part of it too might have been like I was managing my expectations because again in my brain I knew there's no way it can be what you want it to be given yeah. the backstory attached to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so to me like if you are going into this thinking that this is going to be like Gilliam's masterpiece because it has to be because he worked on it for so long. Yeah. No. You're going to be disappointed. Like it's a Terry Gilliam movie. It's like middle of the pack for his movies. Uh certainly nothing wrong with it uh but uh you know it's it's not gonna change your life unless you're really really into like you know don quixote or you know i could i I could see like i could i could legitimately see people who like you know if you're an english major who like wrote about that book a lot in college or something like i could see the fact that like there's these modern like riffs on it and this kind of like how do we process this in film and how do we you know like I could see that being really appealing in the way that like zero effect is appeal is like even more appealing if you're a big Sherlock Holmes fan and you can kind of see the strings yeah uh but again that's really niche um yeah I mean and you know I mean yeah I shat on it a lot I think uh but I mean like the perform I just want to go back to performers this price was price was really fantastic yeah price was great um and uh 
I, I wasn't crazy about, and I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy who played the Russian old guy. Yeah, he was just kind of there. He, he was well, and his his character was such like a one dimensional yeah. cartoon character, and then. Yeah, I mean, but the the thing is that 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 actor plays that character so many fucking times. Yeah, and ways. like the whether he's a drug dealer or whatever. I yeah. think he's I think he's in one of the Michael Bay films and Bad um, Boys Two. I think he's in. I think he I, plays the villain. That's the other thing. I kind, um, I kind of feel like Adam Driver is supposed to be Michael Bay in this movie, because like. <laughs> The whole thing was, like, I have this brilliant, meaningful kind of college film, and then you become the Spielberg of commercials. And obviously, yeah. like, prior to Bay being Bay, he had, like, the, the Got Milk commercial. That, that, and, I mean, I, that's, that's one, I think one of my problems with the, the story, though, is that we didn't have any time with him having a problem. We had yeah. five minutes of him maybe on set kind of just being bored out of his fucking yeah. mind and letting the people underneath him do it. And I think if we had, like, 15 minutes, like, yeah. and I think the film could have spared 15 minutes in that yeah. way to have him just, like, be the, be and eight I, and a half, be yeah. Terry Gillum having to do commercial work or something yeah. like that. Like, And I honestly and, think that that was... I think that Gilliam just expects his audience at this point to get the shorthand. Yeah. And so when he had a short shoot, those are the things that got cut. Yeah. Because it's just it's just weird because it's like that would have been the cheapest thing in the world. No, absolutely. Like agree. or something like that. It, like have him like be like he's in there's like one meeting, he's at a thing, yeah. and then you have this like weird producer that's like losing his fucking mind and we don't really know why he's yeah. losing his mind. Other than he's just a fucking asshole. Like and so like just that's like yeah, and that's, and that's like literally my only par- problems with like the script itself. Yeah, that's a really that, and and but and I would say it goes beyond like just those first fifteen yeah, minutes, yeah. and it, it's a pro- it's a pervasive problem in the screenplay that like most of the major players don't get a proper introduction unless they were part of the two thousand nine student film. Yeah, because. Like, the Russian oligarch, for example, we see him for 25 seconds on the cover of a magazine wearing, like, a tux and a cowboy hat. And honestly, until he shows up and they start talking... I thought he was, like, a random... Yeah, I thought he was, like, Brad Pitt. Or, yeah, or the... um, It just... He's... He looks like the most interesting man in the world. Exactly. um, On the... Exactly. In the the one photo ad. And I'm like, oh, he's just the actor. And then he's like, wait, wait, he's the Russian? Yeah, he's... He's like but, the movie's big bad, but yeah. you don't meet you don't actually meet him in person until an hour in, and like the the one hint that you get of him at the start yeah. was like not super, like it 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 felt to me like he was just yeah. some famous person, not a magazine, co- you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean again, performances were almost uniformly great, even the ones that weren't great. Uh, I thought were like solid. Nobody was bad in this. Yeah, um, yeah. I liked uh, I liked the guy who you know I, I liked Price a lot. I liked uh, Joanna Ribeiro a lot. Yeah. Um, I actually it, I, I was and again like I almost feel like there like there's a version of this where um, there's a uh, there's a production assistant who like. It's a runner. She's clearly in love with... Oh, uh... I think it's, uh... Oh, my God. I think it's her, Melissa. Yes, Who Her name keeps... Yeah, yeah. And that's... Her name keeps changing. Because, like... Well, no, her name doesn't keep changing. He keeps fucking up her name. But it changes at the end. Because, uh... He calls her Sarah the whole time. Yeah. And she keeps correcting him that it's Melissa. Yeah. 
And then at the end of the movie, spoilers, I guess, when she's walking away with the Russian oligarch holding his umbrella, he calls her something. And she's like, no, it's Sarah. So, like, as the movie evolves, (laughs) she becomes the girl that Adam Driver thought she was the whole movie. And uh, her own identity kind of disappears. But I feel like that was the payoff, and it was really subtle. And her character didn't feel subtle. It felt like there needed to be some kind of bigger payoff to the fact that, like, she was clearly, like, a decent person who was in love with this schmuck. And... Like, like looked up to him and yeah, and there was, was like the in, you know maybe not the intern but the pre- production assistant yeah yeah it, it, like which I felt like there was a whole film like a whole like tw- thirty minute of a film yeah. that happened with the characters and the, he had the guy that kept massaging his back who was yeah, like yeah. his his personal, his personal assistant yeah. but was like was like um, um, Pancho you know yeah you know and things like that which obviously that's that was the metaphor but um, but like it there was a whole like level of like coddling this guy that you didn't feel it didn't feel right off the bat because all that you ever got you know I, I you know what would have been great if they had like a uh, at some point they could have shown some of his film yeah and ma- you know maybe that was and again it's always bad to like rewrite but but like yeah. but it's but it's just like any explanation on why this guy is the biggest thing ever yeah shooting a random commercial film for a mm-hmm. uh, you know a company and you don't get the you, again you don't get the like the George Clooney feel where oh he's, yeah he's shoot he's shooting it he's in he's in Europe because he's an American yeah and he's shooting a commercial that no one will know about but he's gonna make a ton yeah. of money and that's you know what Clooney and Brad Pitt all yeah. do and you know well in, and in it's, Asia, the other thing that's really know. interesting is that like I do feel like it it there's there's an element of commentary that never goes beyond the surface <laughs> yeah uh, you know mm. talking about his like feeling like a shill because he's doing this commercial work like at the beginning he's falling back on the fact that he had won an award for his student film and the very first scene is him shooting a Don Quixote commercial for us like a a wind power company and there's like a throwaway line that you barely hear at that business dinner where somebody says like do we really want the giants to be in there because like people could talk about how we're a global giant and that's a bad thing. And it's like, they never pursue that. Like it, and it's like, they, they stop short of actually making that joke work. It's just like a thing that hangs out there. And one of the, and I think one of the problems with some of the film Mm. is the fact that they, and and again, this is to me, a person who is again, only vaguely tilting it with mills. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's it that I know of. I like, I obviously, you know, that some of the names they're familiar, Yeah. but like that line, I remember that. Yeah. And it didn't connect with me until the end of the fi- towards the end of the film when there's yeah. actual giants that somebody yeah. char- they're charging at, um, or not actual imagine, still imagine whatever. But um, but like you see them and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. And and so it's like there's the language. But here, so here's the thing that I think that this that the film is is missing, and I think the fact that it it lost its uh, um, what Terry Gilliam mostly has in the film is that. There's always a story that is either referencing something that it's you know he does a lot of referential work, um, you know Baron von Munchausen yeah. you know things like that, but it's talking about something else. <coughs> Brazil mm-hmm. is a love story that has all this other stuff in it, but it's talking about modern society whatever whatever yeah. whatever your read is in it. I felt like this film didn't have that overcast of talking about something else I think see, that which is why Brothers Grimm doesn't really have any yeah. heart to it is because there's no it's 
it's an adaptation in a way, or it's you know, it's it's taking an idea and yeah. then doing it. It's like, oh, the guys that wrote this and yeah. they really did this and whatever, I, you know. Which is funny because they've like that's a, it's a movie that doesn't get a lot of love and it wasn't that great, but like. I've seen that same idea like three or four more oh, yeah. times and other Well, I mean, things, it's been done like, before where it's like the uh, author's behind this yeah. this story. You know, you know, and I'm sure Charlie's be favorite to... character in My Little Pony is <laughs> is, is a J.K. Rowling riff, except yeah. instead of writing about Harry Potter, she writes about Indiana Jones, and then she's secretly Indiana, Indiana yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I I, th- I disagree that there wasn't one. I just think that it was not relatable and shallow. Because I think that the, the, the other thing that it's about is I think that uh, on some level Adam Driver's character is supposed to be Terry Gilliam. And it's supposed to be the self-reflective thing yeah. about how he, yeah. you know. And again, he talks about that in, this, in the bonus features. Well, see, I just don't think it I, – I, I, if that was if that was the overdriving focus, it he didn't try. He didn't try to do it. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, God, you know what my greatest fear is that we tag Terry Gilliam on this ad. <laughs> Terry Gilliam's gonna hate us, um, but um, or hate me. Um, sorry, I don't want to drag you down. Into this. Um, but um, he would hate me anyway because like he <laughs> he, he, hate, he, he bitches constantly about comic book movies. But um, but it's the fact that like you know again it's just like okay so obviously you know to compare anytime there's a director in a film yeah. to eight and a half is is cool, yeah. um, you know but you you have to and yeah. it's just like there's and again this is a eight and a half is another film that has the imagine you know imagine back flashbacks and yeah. and things like that that you don't know what's real you know thing there's ran, a random scene in eight and a half when he cuts to fighting all of his you know ex-wives with a with a bull whip and a chair yeah. and you know and obviously we have to assume that's not really happening i yeah. guess you know and that you know and but like there's none of that like that i to me if like if gilla made this film and maybe that's the 2000 film. And this yeah. is one of the problems. It's it's so hard. It's it's painful. It's so far removed from when he that, actually wrote it. Because it's like, well, if that maybe that was in the 2000 film, and maybe yeah. that was the that was the heart and soul, mm-hmm. and and you know, and maybe you know, uh, or maybe you know, if he had, like, I, I just think about like if he had made this film in you know the the early 80s, yeah. um, it would have been fucking amazing yeah. it would have been fucking ridiculous um and not even and i you know the funny thing is is like the budget probably wouldn't have been that much yeah. of a difference after everything one thing you um, could have but... done in the 80s that i did like i i genuinely liked the trump joke which is like one of those <laughs> things where like i never i never liked trump yeah jokes i never liked movies. trump jokes because they're just so fucking lazy yeah but i liked this yeah one. yeah yeah, yeah I, I won't even repeat it because it's, just it's a one so line. It's, it's, it's also so it's like, such a you, throwaway you thing. literally could have yeah. missed it because it's like yeah but it, like to me, it just it like yeah. it worked for that reason yeah, yeah. because it wasn't trying too hard to be precious about it. It was just yeah. like, no, this is how people talk now. It also, it also oh. totally, it's not, it's not even like the imagined like orange, yeah. oh he's an orange man or something yeah. like that or things. It's not in. So it's like I, I think I think Trump probably would have been like yeah, that is true. Yeah, that's, that's fair too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, which are always sometimes the best jokes. It's like a you know, it's the best jokes are ones that you know. Yeah. A man who can't find humor in any anyway. Yeah. But, but yeah. All right. Any yeah, final thoughts? Like I no, said, I after, feel like we've done our final after thoughts. Like four yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, 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 again. After 42 minutes of doing whatever, if you get a chance to see it, fucking go see it for God's yeah. sakes. Just for no other reason than, like. 
the, so that next the, time he doesn't have to take 25 years to get something made. The poor fucking man. Yeah. However you feel about him and his Me Too comments and so many other things. Like, just the poor man. <laughs> like, probably 80% a fault of his own nowadays. But, um, you know, um, but definitely, you know, I, I assume it'll be in the next six months it'll be on, uh, oh, yeah. on I, home video. I mean, honestly, and... if it's a Fathom Events exclusive, I kind yeah. of assume that they're going to have, like, a handful of screenings in New York and L.A., and then within, like, two months tops, we'll see it on, you know, yeah, starting to pop up on yeah. SVOD. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody. I'm going to not do the whole spiel right now because there's a 50-50 chance that we'll be back to talk about Hellboy by the time this episode is published. <laughs> in the next 48 hours. Uh, if we don't talk about Hellboy, I'll record a separate outro, which you'll hear now. I'm John Galbo, co-host of Adventure Club Podcast, one of the flagship shows of ACPN. Each week, we're joined by guests from all walks of life, from celebrities to comedians to web geeks of all trades and beyond. Each episode is jam-packed with popular culture goodness sprinkled with some old-fashioned comedy and all-around geekdom. Come join us and share in all the adventures. All right, I said it. Give me my 20 bucks. Adventure Club Podcast, new episodes only on ACPN. Welcome back. And, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Hellboy, as promised. Yes. And this is one of those movies that, uh, as, like, a comic book nerd, there are certain, like, there's certain comic book movies that everybody gets excited about. And those tend to, like, I obviously I get excited by them and I enjoy them. Yeah. But the the stuff <clears throat> that really tends to get me really excited is, like, deeper cuts. Yeah, you know, uh, part of the reason I was so disappointed by Suicide Squad is because it was a thing that I never thought I would see a movie of, and then once it came out, it wasn't what I wanted. Yeah, 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 I get it. And uh, and you know, Hellboy falls into the and, and like this is a stretch of time too, where you had like Hellboy and Ghost World and History of Violence and a bunch of things like that that just all hit. And we're all like, yeah, technically comic book adaptations, but uh, not not really in the, yeah. in the traditional sense. Yeah. Uh, obviously, films directed by uh, Guillermo del Toro it stars Ron Perlman in the title role, and I can never remember the name of the guy who plays like the young agent, uh, which is too bad. He's really good he's just one of those he's one of the only people in the movie who isn't widely known outside of this movie and so i always kind of forget who he is yeah uh rupert evans ah yes and actually shoot i I didn't realize that was him (laughs) he is uh he's the white lighter on the new charmed reboot ah yes harry greenwood he plays yeah the reason Uh, i know that i'm looking at imdb right now (laughs) yeah Uh, i i know it's I, it's one of those things. I never would have necessarily connected the two, but as soon as I say it out loud, it's like, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's also on The Man in the High Castle, which is a, a show. We've talked about this, I think, before. They've actually yeah. sent me like the last two seasons on DVD for screener purposes, and I still <laughs> haven't watched it because it's just like, I, I've had my fill of Nazis. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot like, um, oh, man, I'm blanking on the um, the Hulu series. Uh about oh, Handmaid's Tale or Handmaid's Tale. I, yeah. I watched, I'm like, this is an exceptionally good show. Uh, it is well acted. 
It is well edited. It is well produced. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I have not read the book, uh, yeah. but uh, based on what I've I've seen, it is uh, a it is a worthy adaptation. Uh, that said, I have absolutely no fucking interest it, in it yeah. after the misery that the show is. And and since at least the first two episodes of that one was just the it was they had like these brief moments of flashbacks and it was like those flashbacks those are the things i want to see those are the things i want to see about the fight how we got here i don't want to just oh she's being raped again yeah oh she's there that that other person is being raped again oh and it's just like that oh like like not only am i just kind of done with rape on, yeah. on screen in general is used as a use you when it's used as a uh a ploy to you know whatever yeah. um but uh like yeah the man in the high castle was kind of the same thing like i watched two episodes and i'm like this is interesting um but again uh i i actually like wolfenstein came out about the same time yeah uh the new the newer the newer version of it yeah and it has the same concept um where nazis won the kind of like nazis won the war yeah but not it doesn't have like the alternate universe thing or whatever the fuck is going on in the yeah. later episodes that i didn't get to um but i'm like except in that one i'm going around shooting nazis yeah uh in this one they're just going around losing to nazis continually yeah. and i'm like i i've already seen that thing yeah <laughs> it was called charlottesville <laughs> uh like, fun, fun anyway fact, uh... that's really big side jam. yeah yeah <laughs> Right out of the gate. Uh, yeah. A fun fact that I didn't know, actually, uh, that uh, The Handmaid's Tale was apparently a movie in 1990 with Natasha Richardson, Faye Dunaway, and Robert Duvall. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea. And then the other day, uh, we were watching something, I can't remember what, that had Natasha Richardson in it. Yeah. And, like, my my wife was like, what do I know her from? And I went to look to look her up. And for whatever reason, that movie, even though, you know, it's a movie I didn't know existed and Natasha Richardson is a fairly famous person. Yeah. Um, uh, that movie was listed as one of her like known for on <laughs> IMDb. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this, she's offered on The Handmaid's Tale. And then there was like this roundabout of like, wait, what? No, you don't know what you're talking about. She was dead before The Handmaid's Tale started. And I'm like... <laughs> No, it says it right here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, back to back to Hellboy. Uh, <laughs> Hell, Hellboy essentially also starts with Nazis. Uh, yeah, and and actually, there's a lot of kind of there's Nazi iconography throughout this movie, but it's in the way that it exists in a place like Star Wars. Yeah. Where it's it's a it's an a, it's an adaptation of Nazi iconography and it's not actual Nazis. It's like yeah. or, or you know in the beginning it is because it's actually World War Two. But yeah. uh, but uh, back in World War Two, this it, it remi- it's 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 so much like um uh uh the way Marvel uh you know we we don't actually yeah the usually, Hydra yeah Hydra it, there's because it's about the world of you know. Uh, you know Nazis and their their interest in paranormal and that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. like there's a bunch of Nazi soldiers around. So when you kill them, it's like eh, you know. Yeah. But that's that's it. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. So the the movie starts off as you said with an occult ceremony being led by some yeah. Nazis and they get it gets busted into by a platoon of American troops. Uh, along with them is this like scientist guy, uh, and he uh. 
essentially the Nazis have brought something over from hell and they, uh, and, and so the, the Americans have to find it and they find it's this tiny little thing that they keep calling a monkey. Uh, and it's actually Hellboy, <laughs> like the, a red skin thing with horns uh, yeah. that does uh, – I will give them credit in terms of the visual effects. Does like You can see the monkey thing in there without it looking like they used a yeah. monkey. But, uh, but so, yeah, the, uh, the Americans adopt Hellboy, and then you flash forward to you know, 50 years later, whatever it is, when Hellboy is uh, <laughs> fully matured, the mm-hmm. scientist guy is – old and they all work for the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Development, which is essentially Homeland Security for supernatural threats. Yep. Mm. (laughs) Although actually the men in black might be more apt because neither the BPRD or the things that they fight are supposed to quote unquote exist in the, in the eyes of the public. Yeah. Yeah. Although the, the, there was that terrible film that I think we all act like it doesn't exist. <laughs> BPRD. Oh, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. That's RIPD. Oh, RIPD. Which Wait. is also a Dark Horse Comics adaptation, but it's not the same. It's Wait, not. it's not? It actually isn't? Wow, I'm fucking... I no, always thought uh, it was like, oh, the side thing. Oh, okay. oh yeah, right. no, it isn't. It isn't. Wow, I actually... Like I've retconned that for my fucking memory so much that I was like, wait a minute. Oh no. Now I remember the actual rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that wouldn't make any sense. Cause they were like, there's like spirit thing and ghost and things or whatever. Actually like for that. the longest yeah, time, so. I never read the comic of RIP. Yeah. And uh, so I, for years, I would constantly kind of flip them in my head. Cause it was the same thing. They're both from the same <laughs> publisher. Yeah. And yeah. they're both like this, just this like wacky yeah. acronym thing. And then, like, the first time you read it, you're like, oh, they're ghosts, and so it's R.I.P. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, the comic and, book has to be better. But, yeah, the, I like, mean, the comic is actually pretty good, but it, yeah. it is one of those things where, like, <laughs> it, the the terrible pun of the title sets the tone for the movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, the, one of the problems is it's a it's good. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you gotta gotta go with it because it's yeah. just so fucking good. Except it's so bad. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and it, that that was a stretch of time too. It's funny because uh, a, a bunch of adaptations like that didn't quite dampen the excitement for uh, for like comics to film because you yeah. got a stretch of time where you got uh, Dylan Dog and R.I.P.D. and Cowboys versus Aliens yeah. and like all of these things that on paper you look at them and you're like, oh, that sounds like it could be a really good movie. And then you watch like you get five minutes in and you're like, oh, this is a lost <laughs> cause already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh. But yeah, Hel- uh, Hellboy. Uh, basically, he it starts off. He well, not not it starts off because obviously it starts off when he's a baby. But you you cut forward to his first thing, and you actually the fir- you first see him in action as an adult. Yeah. Like he's chasing down this monster thing yeah. uh, that's very tough, and like takes out some guys, and and eventually Hellboy takes it out. But then you have uh, uh, Jeffrey Tambor being very upset that. Uh, Hellboy was seen in public and that we can't have this happening and it's really expensive to cover all these things up and blah, 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 blah. Cause he's the, yeah. like the money man who works for our, her BPRD. Yeah. Um, uh, you also have Abe Sapien who is a, a fish man 
considering that <laughs> that Del Toro later went on to do um, uh, The Shape of Water. Yes. Uh, you you do kind of feel like oh this was this was like his, the subplot from his abandoned Hellboy three. And, and that guy ended the same actor ended up going to play that character too. Oh yeah. <laughs> of course, Doug Jones, uh, who is fucking fantastic in everything he does. But although uh, is, it, no. is this one one of the two, he's voiced by Doug Jones, and the uh, I mean Doug Jones does the mocap or whatever in both. But in one of the two, he's voiced by Doug Jones, I think, and then the other one, he's voiced by David Hyde Pierce. I think the second one is David Hyde Pierce. Weirdly, <laughs> I think um, I think you might be right. I'm just in I my mean, at head, least I'm, I'm looking at IMDb. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. Here, because I remember what I remember, like I watched uh, rewatched Hellboy uh, the other night um, and ironically, Hellboy 2 has been like on cycle on TBS or something like that. And I'm just like, no, I can't I can't watch Hellboy 2 because then I'm going to be confused. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, uh, Like uh, just a memory, just because, you know, it's it's not they're not plots that really move forward. Um, they're just like episodic to more. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of moment, but like, and I was just like, wait a minute, they playing the, you know, they're playing the, 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 the credits and everything like that in the beginning. And I was just like, wait, Oh, Oh wait, I thought Hyde Pierce was in the first one and then they couldn't get him back or something like that for the second one. And no, it was the opposite, which is weird. But anyway. Oh, actually, according to Wikipedia, David Hyde Pierce is the uncredited voice of Abe Sapien in this movie. Oh, Oh, okay. So that oh, that, that's, that's, that explains that's, everything. That explains why we thought he was in it and also why he wasn't in the credits. I, I don't yeah. know why he was uncredited, but uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, IMDb has that. Also, uh, IMDb, uh, why in the fuck do you have him all the way down at the bottom as when I have to click on add more? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a little like... Okay, um, I would think that, yes, I get he's uncredited, which usually you just shove the uncredited stuff at the bottom, but he's David Hyde Pierce, and he's the fucking voice of the main character. Yeah. One of the main characters, you'd think, be like, okay, we can we can just put him up at normal yeah. area, but anyway. Yeah, so yeah, but, everything we just said, I, or everything I just said was wrong. Yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah. And actually, it's funny, uh, John Hurt, who plays the, the older version of the professor in this, uh, yeah. has a tie back to... Uh, the man who killed Don Quixote, because he was oh, yes, <laughs> the last he, one. Yeah, he was originally Quixote uh, in yeah. the uh, the version that would have had Johnny Depp as uh, as uh, Kylo Ren. <laughs> I have see, I have the hardest time because Adam Driver and Oscar Isaac both, uh, like I knew that they existed and they yeah. had done some critically acclaimed stuff, but I had never watched either of them in anything prior to Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like even Inside Lewin Davis, which is exactly designed for me yeah yeah it just it didn't like catch my attention and it, uh, it, and so yeah yeah for that i still have actually not seen that yet because it same, literally same. maybe like, we can do an episode you know i was just like this is a film that in 1998 uh or two, 1998 yeah. to like 2002 i would have lost my fucking collective mind over and worshipped and for some reason that made it less appealing yeah <laughs> Because it was just like, this is pandering too much specifically to me and yeah. an old me that I don't like to talk about as much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but as a result of it, when they are in other things, I am constantly flipping Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver. I don't know why. I just do. Yeah. But like as I was like talking about the man who killed Don Quixote, I kept yeah. wanting to call him Oscar Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that 
that would have been a thing. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I now you mention it. I mean, again, I, I think Driver was perfect. Oh, Driver was fine. Well, I just was, like, but I yeah. like Driver's I, fine in everything he does. I just he's one of the actors where I'm like, I just don't like him that much. Again, yeah, like yeah. good. Uh, he's fine. I just and I you know, and the reason why I don't like him that much is that Kylo Ren is just sub. He's literally the only character, new character or character in all of the new Star Wars that I just don't like. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like and so like it's been one of those, you know, it's like when you the first time you see an actor play something and you just feel that strongly about, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like uh, it's literally unfair and <laughs> and I can't do anything about it even though he keeps appearing in stuff that I'm like, oh, he's very good. I like him and I like him in this and it works. It's not like obnoxious. It's not like, you know, Queen Latifah, you know, that I have a problem with and things like that. But, you know, um, because whatever, he can he can act unlike Queen Latifah, who still cannot act. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, and is a career ruiner. Look at it. Look at it. She is a career ruiner. Look at her first like four films that she was in and then look at who the co-star is and see where their career went. Anyway. (laughs) I will say, I I will say the actor in this movie that I think doesn't get the credit deserved Mm -hmm. is, uh, uh, is Selma Blair. I, I, she's one of those people who she was such a big deal for five minutes. Yeah that uh that i feel like it a lot of people got kind of soured on her yeah but it's one of those like when i think back on it the handful of things i've ever watched with her in it she's never been bad like i feel like she just was a victim of her own success in the sense that she hit really hard for a very short period of time and then yeah just vanished off the face of the earth yeah i mean she uh well i mean now she has um MS. Uh, MS, yeah. So, I mean, that, uh, but uh, it is one of those. uh, She's she's another. uh, uh, I'm trying to remember what the actor was that we were talking about like a a couple episodes ago that just is great and doesn't just like the you look at their films and you're like why how what yeah um oh it might you know what it might have been a conversation just on Twitter people were talking about uh, Idris Elba um and about like. You look at his career, like he, I, I don't think there's like fucking anyone who goes, you know, that Idris Elba, he sucks. Um, you know, unless there's some like race issue or just something, you know, it's just like, no, he's fucking fantastic in everything he does. Yeah. Even like, especially like, but he just has not been in anything worth his talent, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, and, and then you just see these fucking horrible people get roles all the time. I, you know, so, I, think, yeah. I think you're right. I think that we had this conversation on Twitter because I feel like it rolled out of the revelation that Amazon is doing a, uh, a Dark Tower TV show. Oh, yeah. And then it became like, wait, didn't we murder that franchise? Yeah, I mean, I think the one that I saw, I think there probably might have been a couple because I think what uh, somebody said something about about that, like not not either of us, like but like a, a, a something on film Twitter. Yeah. Um, and and then it spun out in different directions, which one of them was just like, you know, like you don't say that about other people, you know, whatever. It just it turned into a race thing. And then it was also like because it also turned into a James Bond thing and it changed, you know, whatever. So it just was. But looking at her look looking at trying to keep this on fucking hellboy <laughs> as we've already like like that's been 15 minutes and 15 minutes 14 
and a half minutes of sidetrack. Yeah, exactly. um, Selma Blair, like you look at her her thing and you're like, oh wow, there's there's nothing like or, ordinary world. No, not it's ordinary world's not the film I think it is. Um, and it's just like you scan through her career and you're mm-hmm. like, wait, I, I know her outside of Hellboy. Like, you know, well, and you're I like, mean, it's Cruel Intentions, I guess, is where she's known. Cruel um, Intentions, and then she also did uh, she, within like oh, six Legally months. Blonde yeah, was, Legally was Blonde. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the problems, though, is like anytime you pay the uh, the mean character in a big film, especially against somebody like Reese Witherspoon, is mm-hmm. that like you end up getting typecast. Like that's. Like if I like if I was her, I'm not quite sure. Like if 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 I was her and I knew that I was gonna that that was gonna happen, like that you're the you know the the, the bitch basically. <laughs> like I wouldn't have taken that role. <laughs> like no matter how classic it is and how much how much people love it and how much people still love her, you know, from that, it's just like yeah, no, 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 you're gonna get typecast. Like and you know, I mean, it was you know, obviously it was uh, what only two years later she played Hellboy, but I mean Hellboy, um, you know small film mm-hmm. on the scale of things um you know uh even even for uh you know even for 2003 and everything like oh, that yeah. but uh it's yeah <laughs> I, I always feel like that the big the, the reason we never got a hellboy 3 is because the the scope of hellboy 2 is so much bigger than the scope of hellboy yeah. like i i don't know I, I i guess i can look i don't know what the budget was for the two yeah but i feel like um I feel like that's one of those things where they probably spent a bunch more money for basically exactly the same or slightly less return. Yeah. No, actually that's, that's not true. Uh, first movie and I'm going only domestic numbers here. Cause I, I don't want to pick up my keyboard sounds all the time. So I'm just Googling quickly. Yeah. But the first movie cost about 65 million and made about a hundred million. Yeah. And then the second one cost 85 and made about 160. So yeah. in terms of ROI, it's not worse. It's actually slightly better. Although I do think that movie studios, once you get up over seventy-five million dollars, they start to expect you to make more yeah. like three hundred. Yeah. But you know, well, especially as time went on, I mean, like once Iron Man dropped and and you start getting into the Marvel land and and things like that, if you know, and and once you get time on, like, and people just are now like, oh well. You know, I mean, I'm still, I, I'm always still blown away with like, you know, obviously we long standing thing where we both actually are the two people on the planet that like Batman versus Superman, um, or at least publicly like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, you know, I always go, it's like, well, you know, people really hate it. But I mean, like, I, 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 it's $875 million or whatever it is at the box office. Clearly some people went to see it twice. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You know, but um, it is uh, it like that's one of those where it's just like the idea that like that still people go, well, that was a bomb. And it's like, what in what world are you talking about? It was even if you include advertising, everything else under the sun. OK, two hundred and twenty five million dollars. We can just imagine that's how much it costs. Yeah. And six hundred million dollars is a goddamn good profit. <laughs> You know, like even once you start to when you decide to start doing the whittling, like which people always love to do, like I always get into the argument with, you know, um, with dread 
and about how like i'm like i think you know like it the fact that it i argue that it warrants a sequel um and like people will be like well you don't count the advertising you don't got to do whatever and i'm like let's do that with every single film then you know like let's do that literally with every single fucking film and then basically only th- only like 150 films ever really made enough money if you mm-hmm. start doing how much the advertising go through, how much did, you know, how much the points cost and how much the whatever, da, 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 you know, and all these things that are like below the line or not really, yeah. you know, quote unquote budget things. And and like, OK, so like there's like what, like 300 films that actually made money. I mean, I know Hollywood tells people who get, uh, you know, uh, checks uh, annually that none of these films made money. <laughs> um like the like the writer from that wrote uh, men in black still has 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 never gotten any money money yeah. from the film yeah. because he said oh well according to was the warner brothers i think sony. oh sony so according to sony that film never made any money <laughs> which is to Although, me like the, it's like it's weird that they're making the third film <laughs> yeah right yeah, and now a reboot yeah yeah, yeah. uh it, it, you know the funny thing about it is that uh I think Men in Black might have actually been under the MGM banner. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I feel like it might have been Sony MGM, which probably means that Sony, like, pawned everything off on MGM. And MGM, when they went bankrupt, said, oh, well, we haven't made money in five years because all of our production partners keep dumping shit on us. Yeah, 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 no. No, I mean, well, I mean, whatever it is, I mean, there's, there's, that story is like the old, one of the oldest jokes in Hollywood about like, oh, wow, this film made $750 million at the box office. Somehow it lost money. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's always, this is just like, you know, you can do whatever you want, but, but it's, you know, but again, you know, it's, this is Del Toro. So it's always, um, to me, he, he reminds me a lot of, um, oh my God, Lord of the Rings. Uh, the Peter director. Jackson. Yeah. Peter Jackson, where, um, there's, there's always a little bit of he, his films, unlike Terry Gillum, <laughs> there's like his films only happen in a certain way and the way he wants them to happen. Yeah. And so a lot of the reasons why a third or a second film of his don't happen is that, Oh, no, I will only do it the way that it, it is. It is best the mm-hmm. way that I want it to be, which is totally respectable. The only difference is, is that, you know, somebody like Del Toro or Jackson, they actually get to do the things the way they want to because their films make a fucking boat ton of money usually. Yeah. Uh, and they still make them, you know, I mean, $66 million for Hellboy in 2003 is a respectable, is not a lot of money for that film. Because I mean, that, this, 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 I remember wa- like rewatching and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I think there was like two spots where I'm like, that's CG. Yeah. And obviously, you know, he, Del Toro, he's a big practical effect guy and everything like that. So, you know that that's a thing but but like 2003 graphics were not for the things that you're doing in this film um as opposed to something like uh iron man or whatever later on you know later on or, or hulk uh one of the earlier incarnations of hulk like it fucking stands up like if that oh, yeah. came out like the like i i think you know you'd have another render on the uh the hellboy as a baby mm-hmm. uh, and then there's there like couple, one of, yeah, yeah there, there's a couple of places where the dog thing doesn't like, and I, I think honestly, that's just because it got like an incredible amount of screen time. And it, yeah. a lot of it was like during combat. And so even if you had yeah. a practical monster for a good chunk of that, it doesn't matter. You need to use the CG when you're like hitting it with a train. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah, so, the, the only, the only shots, because I mean, one thing that Del Toro is really good at is um uh, in his films is like editing 
to protect the stuff he can't do you know like like when the the creature when the creature is hanging upside down in the subway and it gets uh, beheaded basically like that edit is just you know clean it's just it works so perfectly you don't have to show anything and since the creature is whatever the fuck the creature is like the blood the whatever the whatever doesn't it doesn't matter you know it's like it's like men in black stuff you're able to get away a lot you know because it's like oh it can be green, green slime as opposed to red or you don't know how things are gonna fucking fall apart or whatever but um but yeah shit i'm trying to think of what the other i should have written down when because but there's like one I think what I think what the biggest th- biggest problem was, um, which was a problem with every single film up until, you know, fucking hell, I don't know, 2008 or something, mm-hmm. um, uh, is the interaction, um, like yeah. with yeah. Ron Perlman and the uh, and the creature or Ron mm-hmm. Perlman and the the tentacle thing at the end yeah. at the end, uh, yeah. but uh, like and that's barely like they did a fucking fantastic job. I mean, Perlman's yeah. experience in the shit, I think I probably at this yeah. point, I don't know, or maybe not in that film. I, I forget whether he's done anything. He did anything like this before. Um, but <coughs> I feel like, okay. it, it, yeah, even if, if he hadn't done monster stuff, I feel like he's the kind of guy who did like genre stuff his whole life, obviously did beauty of the beast. And, and so like, I do feel yeah. like he's pretty used to being in harnesses and like maybe not fighting CG monsters, but fighting things that you can't really punch because it'll collapse and break. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I, and, and I think too, it's worth saying like Perlman, Perlman was kind of inspired casting for this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. If you did an animated version, which of course they have done animated versions, but uh, mm-hmm. um, if you do an animated version of this movie, then Perlman is the voice you want because he's just yeah so like it's so distinct and it's so you know well the attitude that we know uh and again not a not a big Hellboy reader here um yeah but uh like he I think you know especially I mean once this once you know this film came out he defines yeah. I mean the entire uh, you know but uh the uh the entire kind of definition we have of Hellboy is 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 him like his voice yeah. is his attitude the way his snark and everything like that and my understanding is it's relatively it, it's that right i mean in yeah, Hellboy, yeah. uh like i haven't like i said i haven't read that much um and uh but i it, it, it makes me think of uh, um, it makes me think of uh, um, it, it's kind of like robert downey jr and iron man uh, mm-hmm. where you know if they were ever to recast or anything like that it would be incredibly difficult to uh do anything different <laughs> you know yeah. uh and even if you know it's just like i don't know like i i fuck i i don't know and i don't necessarily read into it too much uh so maybe there's maybe there's more conversations at least you know about what they're doing you know in avengers endgame with uh what yeah. you know his future johnny's future is but it's just like i either they're gonna have to go really dramatically different or have like do a break you know yeah. like what are those like really really it's you know yeah. again it's like you have you have to me you have ron perlman you have downey jr and you have um he oh my god my brain um i'm either not had enough coffee or not enough booze i can't i can't tell what <laughs> um uh and wolverine you know oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Jackman. <laughs> Jackman. jesus christ <laughs> for some reason i'm like heath ledger not a thing again <laughs> but i mean on the other hand i actually that works too heath ledger and joker i mean it was just yeah. like yeah, no, we probably should have given a lot more time between 
Heath Ledger and any other Joker. And then we have, you know, with the new trailer for the new for the new Joker film, you're like, oh, oh. I mean, based on the trailer alone, yeah. nothing else. I'm like, yes, this is very much inspired. Um, oh, yeah. And maybe yeah. not. Maybe it's not inspired. I mean, because it's the fucking Joker. It's inspired by yeah. the Joker. And it's inspired by, you know, had Ledger's Joker was inspired by multiple versions of the Joker and, you know, 50 percent him, 50 percent other you know forms of Joker or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's I, I just I can't see what they would do if they ever, you know, were to uh, uh, cat recast or anything like that with with him, because it's just like I know I just my brain is. It's it's fucking Ron Perlman. <laughs> like, I mean, I look at you know, you look at there's like that breed of cats that look like Ron Perlman. <laughs> I forget what they're called. Have you ever seen them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you literally we can Google Ron Perlman cats if you're running, and it's just like, well, that's 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 how you know. It's like it. Ron Perlman's one of those guys. Or it's like I, I'm like to me the biggest disappointment in um like like biggest disappointments uh with uh, uh the second pacific rim mm-hmm. was the fact that hannibal chow didn't make a an appearance yeah like which i don't i don't i have no fucking understanding why he didn't um but uh honestly cons- I, I feel like it's just a, a scheduling thing at this point because you got to sit there and go he, he didn't have a big enough role to be like a big money maker so maybe yeah. he was doing something else i don't i, I mean i don't I know mean, perlman does like 74 films a year though yeah he's, he's <laughs> like, got that uh danny trejo thing going on yeah, no, but I mean, it's it's just one of those, like, to me, if I'm doing, again, you know, it's like, I, I love Pacific Rim. I enjoyed the second one, um, not as much as the first, but it was just like, like, Perlman's char- character, Hannibal Chow in that film, like, just yeah. was one of those, he's, he always plays one of those fantastic characters, uh, like, just within a larger world, like, he's just that one character, you know, like, the yeah. guy you meet in a video game or whatever, it's just, um, and it was disappointing that he wasn't in there, because I think that that was one of the things that was really, that film was really, really, really missing, was having something other than just big monsters hitting each other. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, I, I feel like, Unfortunately, I think that what happened was that you take the wrong message away from when when you get like a quirky because I mean, as, as much as Pacific Rim was, you know, monsters versus robots, it was also like there was a lot of quirky character driven stuff in there. Yeah. And I feel like uh, in in a, a, a movie environment where the Marvel movies are making a billion dollars a piece and then Pacific Rim disappointed somebody probably took away from it that maybe the quirky character stuff is what needed to be trimmed to make room for more set pieces. Well, the, the weird thing, and again, this is our, our 17th uh, sidetrack um, yeah. on this, uh, but, uh, but it is, uh, Oh my God. What's uh, Charlie Huffman, like oh, her yeah. Hunman, uh, Hunman, Hunman, yeah. Hunman, Hunman, uh, very different actor um, <laughs> that, but he, uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, the guy from fucking, um, Oh my God! What the Charlie Day? Jesus Christ! Oh, okay, yeah, different yeah. Charlie. I knew I was like Charlie, and I'm like, wait, no. Um, but Charlie Day, like the the big thing they took, I, they for some reason like Charlie Day was fucking fantastic in in Pacific Rim, and then they're like, you know what we need to do? He was great in the like the 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 like you know twenty percent or fifteen percent of the film he was yeah. in. You know what we need to do? We need to give him forty percent, and then make him completely fucking insane, unlike his character that was in the original film. And yeah. you're like, oh wait, that was a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, but. Uh, Sorry, I said I'm I uh, I'm friends with a person working on a documentary about uh, um, uh, the fandom around Pacific Rim, um, oh. and so like my Twitter feed is like politics, um, comic books, and then a ton of Pacific yeah. Rim fandom. And so like even though I like the show a lot, I like I'm not 
that level of a fan. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, there's very few things that I'm like uber fandom or, you know, shipping anything or doing whatever. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but but yeah, Ron Perlman fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I thought I remember being at the video store and thinking to and I think I told a lot of people mm-hmm. that uh, the the clockwork man in this yeah. felt very much like Darth Vader. Like he was this kind of, you know, aside from like the black and the Nazi iconography or the vaguely Nazi-esque iconography, yeah. um, it, it really did do a good job with the uh, like feeling like just a you know, a, a juggernaut. Like it's just this thing that just keeps moving no matter what. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that was, that was like, it was a really good kind of second villain to have. Cause obviously like he's not the brains behind the operation cause he doesn't talk and he doesn't do, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but it's like, if you're gonna have the emperor where it's yeah. like this guy with a master plan who isn't really a physical threat to the, uh, to the hero yeah then having <laughs> having darth vader essentially uh is is a must yeah I, and that's something that this this film has in and and the second one as well has mm-hmm. it has in droves is is the fantastic like there's like you could have you could i think you could have had almost any of the any character that's in this film you could have added another you know eight to ten minutes mm-hmm. just like throughout the film and i've been more th- i've been just fine like yeah. someone where i'd love to see you know or i'd love to see her character fleshed out more even though they did flesh out, you know they they gave her, yeah. gave her a more you know good enough speed time rupert evan you know john myers uh even there you know yeah. and anyways you know even jeffrey tambor who i aggressively really don't like um like he has a really great redemption arc story in this film um and that that happily carries into the second film as well yeah I really like how they do it. And uh, like he comes back and now they're, you know, they're friends to a level and, you know, and yeah. And so like, cause he comes off like the first, you know, half of the film, he's just, a, uh, you know, he's just that yeah. obnoxious character that's constantly trying to stop the, the hero from doing the hero things. And, you know, just, he's the bureaucratic, whatever. And then, but like still walking that line of like, okay, well, but he's still defending Hellboy. It's not like he's trying to, you know, out him. He's not Jonah Jameson or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, <laughs> so uh, it's just like it's it's funny because it's like I I um I always like this film if it's on TV. I, I mm-hmm. turn it off. Like I'll keep it. I'll usually keep it on. I've probably seen it you know dozen or two dozen times or whatever. Yeah. And um like, but I it was never. I didn't love it. Like yeah. I liked it. You know. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the. I don't know. It's kind of like Iron Man for me. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I liked Iron Man. Um, I didn't, I never, I, I, maybe I liked it a lot after the first one. I think everybody was like, Holy fucking shit. Um, but, uh, like I liked, I liked it when I eventually watched it. I actually didn't <laughs> watch when, like when, uh, when that movie came out, I did not watch it because I was so actively annoyed yeah. by, uh, civil war and what was going on in the comics that I was like, fuck you. I'm not going to see an Iron Man oh. movie. He's a bad guy. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Yeah. Because I was like, wait, Civil War? Like, I know we both hate Civil War, but really, you hadn't seen Iron Man until anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the comic, the 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 Civil no, War. No, I get it. It just took me a terrible. second to remember that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, remember that the timing for both for those things worked out that way. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, but um, actually rewatching it to the point that like you know in the, in the way that 
we we watch things to actually think about and actually talk about them as mm-hmm. more is more to than like oh that was really good i like it mm-hmm. um and and like i really dug it and and i'm and i'm a mixed bag with del toro um yeah. i i'm probably one of the few people that actively did not like um labyrinth mm-hmm. um or pan's labyrinth yeah um again not because of technical things or anything like that it's just i hated this fucking story yeah. um i just i aggressively did not like it um and like i just it just it felt like cruel to an extent and i just uh, anyway but um which i could tell it was like 20 percent of the point or something but, yeah you know, but 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 it, it, it like so del toro like like i it, i'll never not see a del toro film i mean fuck mm-hmm. i i punished myself and saw um his most recent incarnation um which i forget whether he produced or just directed or or just produced or just directed um, which one was it Wait a minute. Where? Oh, oh no! Fucking hell! Of course, I'm doing the brain thing where I just mixed. Uh, Jack, forget it. Er- erase that thought because it's Peter Jackson's um, oh, fucking oh, oh. nightmare. Um, c- cities on wheels thing. And oh, I was like, wait yeah. a minute. No, Del Toro would never do cities on wheels. <laughs> like it just was like a moment where I'm like, wait a minute. No, that was a fucking piece of garbage holy shit <laughs> that movie took like 15 years to develop and i think at one point del toro was being considered to direct it because i do know he, that... i feel like his name was attached to it okay at some point because well i mean i, I think course... i remember that i think i remember reading a story or hearing about del toro and jackson and i was like holy shit that's gonna be fucking amazing um well, and it and makes sense because friends. there's a lot there's a lot of like weird things that aren't peter jackson but mm-hmm. are very del toro where because half half of that film is just things that they put together so there's a lot of clockwork stuff and things yeah. like you know just the stuff that you see a lot in in yeah. uh in hellboy um and you know in a labyrinth and things like that yeah. um where it's just like but it was done terribly Mm-hmm. Um, because it was done without, a, you know, with so much without, um, any care to how it would really look. Cause I mean, yeah, that's something so like that the Transformers I, yeah. problem or the Michael yeah. Bay films where it's like, that doesn't transform into that. Yeah. And, but, but also like, it's old, it's supposed to be old. Like, and it's supposed to, it's just, this is something that like, I think that the, the care that, that he puts into every single thing that is on, on frame like down to the clothes, down to everything like that. Like the, you know, whether it be the clockwork things or whatever, like not just how it would look like because it to actually function, but how yeah. it would look because it's been in battle for the last, you know, 30, you know, 30 years. Like, like the, um, like the clockwork guy, like he's mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Like he is oh, yeah. such a fucking fascinating character, uh, create and, and the way that he's shown. Cause it could, he, you know, it's like, he could have just been, whatever he didn't have to have that level of depth that when his yeah. stuff when the things are taken off and like even the shots like where you see a close-up of him and he's in the full whatever the fuck thing he has on yeah. um i don't know if it, it's not really a costume or whatever the clothes the, the hat you know thing you can still see his eyes in the way that they are later on so there's like no lazy parts like where it's like oh his eyes look normal yeah. and then you cut to you know whatever um which is like you know i mean that's that's fucking that's del toro you know i mean down to pacific rim all this stuff is like that you know stuff is really thought out the worlds are real world is really built yeah that's that's the thing i mean i i'm similar to you like i i enjoy more of his stuff than i don't but at the same time like i I, like i don't i don't 
thrill at the prospect of seeing another del toro movie that said uh i think he's one of the best technical directors working in mainstream film because uh gosh i can't remember what it was i was talking about we were talking about something the other day where i was like oh it was a i think it was shazam where i was just like you know every shot there was a thought process behind it yeah like you know and that's the thing with del toro like every shot in the movie there's clearly a lot of thought behind it. It's not just knock it out and keep moving. Yeah. And so, and that's that's I think what elevates this movie a little bit. And I, I do think too, it's helpful that um, this movie came at the tail end of kind of what we've been talking about of that trend of like the the not late '90s, early 2000s kind of action yeah. blockbusters. And I, I do think that to a certain extent. It was beginning to, as it came out, already feel like an anachronism. Yeah. And now that, uh, like, the age has passed, and there's not, like, you aren't seeing eight of those a year anymore. And yeah, yeah, I think that this movie actually ages really well because it doesn't look like every other action movie that's out now. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, just you know, down to fight sequences and, and things like that. Like, they're not. Now fight sequences are so choreographed and and everything like that. Like and obviously this is Hellboy. Like yeah. he's the guy that fights clean, you know, or fights. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you know, I mean, he's not. It's not a fight sequence. That that amazing fight sequence that they have the the behind the scenes shot of uh, what between uh, um, Captain America and uh, Winter Soldier. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, where it's just like, holy shit, they actually fucking did all of that. That's not just editing oh, yeah. like that. And you're like, wow, these guys are fucking goddamn talented beyond acting and you know and whatever else. Like, if nothing yeah. else, which, which is the thing that separates, you know, to me, it separates like Avenger, the the Marvel world to a lot of you know uh, any of the other kind of superhero uh, stuff. I mean, it's something I think was really missing from Justice League, and you know, yeah. but um, but uh, and something that uh, I think you know to as much as I didn't, I didn't not like Ben Affleck. Like that was something that to me, he always, always was kind of like, Oh yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> like Kristen Bale really. fucking like, you were like, Oh no, he would fucking beat somebody up. Like you could see that yeah. it was just like it, like he was down to it. Um, um, he probably trained for fucking two years or something like that in a fucking monk sanctuary, <laughs> knowing Christian Bale's acting skill, acting style. Yeah. Um, but uh, he actually became Batman. He killed his parents and uh, <laughs> 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 and then that's why he just did Vice. No, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just like the like it has like they don't make Hellboy into into some martial arts expert. He's just like oh, I'm just gonna hit this guy with my fucking fist you know and that and that's that's another thing that i think that you know just like yeah (laughs) yeah uh all right any final thoughts um other than uh holy shit he wrote mimic anyway um (laughs) (laughs) no i was just looking through i'm like wait a minute he wrote mimic and i'm like please don't tell me he direct no he did not direct mimic okay oh wait he did direct holy shit how the fuck Mimic? that must have been a studio issue because mimic was fucking horrible (laughs) and i it's just i I read the book and the book is uh at least when i read it in 2001 or whatever like i thought it was really fucking good um and scary and the book was just or the movie was horrible um but anyway that's that's all beside the point um yeah (laughs) no i mean uh hellboy um what uh, quick final what do you what do you what do you like better hellboy one or hellboy two 
I haven't seen the second one in a really long time. Uh, I'm, I I would bias towards one because I've seen it a bunch more. But I, I also feel like if we rewatched two, we might find that it's kind of like uh, a Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey thing, yeah. where at the time it didn't seem as good. But then when you actually go back and look at it with a more critical cinematic eye, yeah. it's like there's there's a lot going on there that you didn't pay attention to. Yeah. See, I, I, I've been, and again, this is just not rewatching it completely. I've just been watching like, yeah, yeah. pieces of it because, like I said, it's been on fucking cycle. Um, but uh, I just didn't. I liked it a lot, um, but it, I just, it felt like, um, okay, we're coming back to do a little bit more of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and like it's still like, and uh, you know, and maybe that's just because Hellboy, uh, the first Hellboy, has such a great it's showing you this world and even the outside world, not just like the monsters and things like that, but like, I, I forget, they're not in New York. They're just in a city. Right. Or are they in yeah. New York? Anyway, whatever city that they're in, like that they occasionally like the city is like, not really like, it doesn't feel like a city you've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still feels familiar. Um, which is again, like, which is a really great. I, I feel like, I feel like they shot in Chicago and, uh, and, and made it, tried to make it look like New York. Because it's one of those like the you see the parks and it like it reminds me of the big open air park from Justice League, which was shot in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, but then like the subway platforms and everything obviously really look like New York. Yeah. Um, although I don't I don't remember specifically noticing any like station names that I remembered from being from New, being my time in New York. Oh, yeah. That's no, all it, kind of- they, they were not they there's no station names that I remember that and like uh, that are particular to it. I just, which a lot of times is still be New York and they still make up things because they, whatever reason, yeah. I don't know why, but, um, but yeah, no, I just, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I lean towards Hellboy one a lot more, but yeah. Yeah. yeah and again, I haven't watched, I, 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 I would lean that way, but I haven't seen the second one in ages. So I'd have to rewatch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, there was a thing the other day. I, I, part of the reason I wanted to rewatch this is because I'd seen some people on Twitter t- talking about saying that this was like a really badly reviewed movie and that everybody hated it yeah and i was like i don't remember that especially with uh um especially with the del toro i feel like that was and obviously we spent like 10 years with the will they or won't they for uh a a sequel yeah um but uh yeah let me see uh rotten tomatoes because i'm curious oh Ah shit. There's a there, there there's a new Hellboy out this week. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's um It fizzles uh, according to uh Ron Yeah, Manor. yeah, yeah. Uh well it uh the the one the Del Toro is eighty one percent on the tomato meter, uh and yeah, obviously Rotten Tomatoes has its own problems, but you know. Yeah. Uh but I will say that usually when things get down to thirteen percent, which is where the new Hellboy is, uh yeah. Typically, that that's a pretty good indicator that something's not working. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe we can maybe, maybe we we'll should go that see out. that. Yeah. 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 Interesting. All right. The guy uh, from uh, um, that uh, Netflix show is also doing that. I thought, and and he's doing Black Widow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is. <laughs> uh, I feel like I feel like half of Netflix is doing Black Widow. Or, or no 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 you know uh, what was the. Somebody got cast today that was from, I don't even remember what. Uh, there was some like stream. Oh, oh, from Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Uh, one of the actors from Handmaid's. Oh. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So uh, 
you can you can check out Hellboy. I don't know if it's streaming. Uh, I'm sure it is. I just don't know where it's streaming. It's on Netflix. Uh, Hellboy uh, Del Toro is on Netflix. Yeah, that's okay, how I yeah. watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, you can find this on Netflix. Uh, I would recommend checking it out. Like I said, it really it holds up really well. Yeah. And uh, uh, at a bare minimum, it's a lot of fun to kind of look at some of the some of the the folks who have gone on to do other big things and and kind of be like, <laughs> oh, look at their baby faces. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, we will be back uh, in just a few days. Uh, remember to be back here by noon on the fifth day for more Emerald City video. And please. Always remember to rewind your cassettes. A, B, B.